the Lord. I want to read what's probably the most famous passage in the Bible. Probably the most read, the most quoted. It's in Psalm chapter 23. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm going to say all of this psalm is important. All, every, every passage has been preached about. I heard somebody preach about the verse verse and emphasize each word individually. The Lord. There's not a bunch of them. It's just the Lord. And it was the Lord that's the master, the overseer. Is. It's, it's not just a possibility, but he is my shepherd. Every word deserves enough dignity that we could draw ministry from every word. But there's, I want to concentrate on one phrase and I've felt this. It's in verse 3, it said, He restoreth my soul. And I want to talk about that a little while this morning. He restores, He restores my soul. Let's pray again. Jesus, I feel your presence is so awesome in this house. And your spirit is here. You are ministering, and you're ministering to somebody. Somebody here today in this room, and somebody that's listening with us. They can't be here, but they're worshiping with us somewhere else. I want you to invade that room, that car, that living room, that that home, wherever it is. And I want your word to continue to minister to somebody today because you're wanting to restore somebody's soul. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. And God bless you as you're seated. I want to just say that uh, I don't know what your first thought is when you think well the Lord restores my soul and I, th I think the first thing that you know I think of I, th I think about somebody spiritually I, I think about you know they want to give their soul to the Lord they want their soul to be saved we use those phrases and and we talk about uh, our life has drifted from the Lord we're concerned about our soul and all of that but I want to I want to enlarge on that just a little bit because uh, this this word is used in a little bit different context. It's it's an interesting word because there's not an exact 
you know, this Hebrew word that's used is just not an exact parallel word that we could use in English that that would describe it. It's not a parallel word in, in the Greek or the Hebrew, uh, you know, the Greek or the Latin or something like that. But this this word, it's it, in its basic, it's the soul, it's the self, the life, the person, the heart. It's uh, it's used over uh, seven hundred and eighty times in the Old Testament. That word, and yet it's a it's it's a it's a broader word. It, it, it just, it's it sort of covers a, a bigger area. It's the essence of life itself. It's just you know when the scripture says that God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. It just wasn't meaning that that he was just breathing. It was the I said the essence of, of life. It's the Hebrew concept is there. There's a the inner self. And that's that's what the real person is, and there's the outer person that folks see. But this this inner this soul of us it's the the soul is the is the part that it's where we live. It's it's what's alive inside of us. It's the part that feels something strong happen inside when you love somebody. It's it's that part that that makes makes you smile when you're watching a baby, and you you watching those little hands reach, and and you watch a small child trying to learn to feed itself. It it it's that feeling inside that that you 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 want to just you want to breathe in the life that's around you. You want to you want to soak in your your atmosphere of, of this place that God put you it's it's the kind of thing that makes makes something inside feel good when somebody touches your hand when, when you can grasp somebody it's that's the soul that's that's what this soul is talking about it's it's that feeling of of contentment that feeling of worth that feeling of value that somebody cares and and you feel like you belong and you have a part you have a place and it, it's that part of you inside you see that that says uh, I'm 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 living in this place where God made me to be and 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 it, it's it's sort of hard it's sort of hard to put all of that into one word but I mentioned it's it's used 780 times in the Old Testament, and here let me just give you a few illustrations of it because sometimes the soul, the the soul, it's it's trying to express what you're feeling. Uh, Hannah said this. Hannah answered and said, "No, my Lord, I am the woman of a sorrowful. I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul." Before the Lord, I, the Bible says that she wasn't even making any sounds. Her mouth was moving, but there was some. There was such anguish inside her soul was being poured out. That's her soul. That wasn't whether she was going to go to heaven or not. It's that's the her. That's the person inside that's being poured out. 
before God. Job said this. He said, therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. You see, all of this, I talk about the joy and the good feelings of touching a little baby and, and feeling it wrap its hand around your finger. Those feet. But the soul also has anguish and hurt and, 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 and it dies. And Job said, I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. He went on to say, my soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself and I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. He's talking about something inside that's in, in the process of being killed. Something inside me that's in the process of dying. And I, in my anguish, I will speak in the, the bitterness of my soul. David said this, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. And he wrote this, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? And he wrote this, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. He's saying, you see, the... Uh, the reason I've selected these uses of the word soul in the Bible because everybody's soul is not rejoicing and everybody's soul hadn't been nourished and, and encouraged and, and uplifted. They're folks that have, their soul has about died in them and the anguish. Sometimes it's silent because they think nobody would know. Even if I tried to share, nobody would care. And silently in the anguish of the soul, they said, my, uh, my soul is poured out to thee, O God. The, uh, the New Testament uses the word soul the same way. It's the breath, the breath of life. It's the natural life of the body. It's the immaterial, invisible part of man. That's the soul. You see, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the eternal being that you know this body will be uh, this old body will be cast away and we'll have a new body and all of that I'm, I'm not i'm not talking about i'm talking about the human being on the inside that wants to live and and have life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness the soul inside that wants what god created in his pleasure to unfold his favors. The soul wants that. It's in the New Testament and Jesus used it himself. He said, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, 
If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as I will. Even Jesus spoke of that human part inside my soul. My soul is sorrowful. It's grieving even to the point of death. I want to say the death of a soul is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Uh, Both naturally and and spiritually, uh, you know, the the life of the soul comes from God. And and I I don't want to erase the spiritual side because the spiritual side of us has a natural outflowing. If I'm filled with the joy of the Lord, that's my soul is going to rejoice in God, my Savior. But there, the, the natural outflow of human emotions, joy, laughter, happiness, friendship, companionship, you name them, giving, sharing, intermingling. We as Pentecostal people understand that one of, one of our biggest hardships right now is that we're all wanting to hug each other and hang on to each other and stay an hour and a half after church is over just because our souls mesh they're just something inside that and and that's that's one of the favors of god that we're able to extend and 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 become part of somebody else's heart and the same thing happens in the spirit spiritual outflow of a person there's joy laughter happiness friendship Sharing, loving, giving, feeling love, feeling needed, feeling wanted. But um, there are a lot of winds that come to blow out the candle of the soul. I'm going to say one thing that I've learned is a lot of time that wind is the wind of unfairness. Unfairness. Um, we may be Unfairly judged. I, I remember something when I was in high school. Uh, I, I never used curse words. I didn't. My my first, my dad would have killed me. I'd never had a chance to do it more than once. Uh, and if he didn't finish killing me, my mama would have. Uh, but I remember being in classroom one day sitting pretty close to the front I don't know if the teacher made me sit there if I chose but uh the teacher said something and I'd never used this phrase before but I thought well it's a it's a good phrase I said uh, I don't remember what no I did and I said honest to God and I thought well that's a good phrase you know in the presence of God I, with him hearing me as my witness I'm I'm being honest. And she made me write 500 sentences for cursing. I felt like I was unjustly judged. But it's it's more serious than that. You know, there, there are people, uh, Job, Job said, uh, he, he said, I don't, I don't quite understand this. He said, I've done good for people. I've helped poor people. I fed people that were hungry. I helped the widows, the orphans. When I'd see my brother in need, I'd reach out, I'd help him. And he said, I don't understand. And now when everything's gone, 
it seemed like there ought to be one friend that would say, hey, Job, I remember, I know you're down, but I remember when you helped me out. But he said, it's, it's, it's not fair. It, it's, you know, that, that's really not fair. I, I'm being judged now. Now folk are saying that this is happening because I've been evil and I've sinned against God. And, and you see, sometimes, Sometimes things can happen in our lives. It might have happened on your job. It might have happened among best friends. It might have happened in church. I was thinking some time ago how important it is that we not forget the good things that people have done. You uh, Maybe you remember the story of the people of Jabesh Gilead. When Saul was first anointed to be king, um, people were, some people were saying, I, you know, I don't think he ought to be king. The people of Jabesh Gilead sent a message and said, Oh, Nahash, the Ammonite has come and besieged us. He wants to put out our eyes and he, he, you know, he wants to destroy. What are we going to do? And the brand new king, King Saul, he sent out a word said, come on, everybody, we're going to go. We're going to go to Jabesh Gilead. And they came and defended Jabesh Gilead, that city, and destroyed their enemy. And 40 years later, when King Saul and his son Jonathan and his other sons died on the battlefield fighting the Philistines, Philistines came and got his body. They hung his body up. They wanted to have a trophy for everybody, all the, the Philistine people to come and jeer and, and mock. And the Bible said the people of Jabesh Gilead heard about it and they traveled all night long and they took that body down off the wall of the man that 40 years ago came to defend us. And they took that body and said, no, you're not going to hang on that wall. We're going to take you home with us. And I was thinking how important it is to remember because sometimes the easiest thing for us to do is to see a fault right now and jump on the fault or the lack instead of us remembering the years of, of good things. And I thought how easy that can happen in a church. Uh, it, it's easy for a person who's spent years and invested good and done little projects here and there and and just done service and and somewhere along the way they're hitting a rough spot and and they're maybe their spirit's not too good maybe there's a little cantankerousness maybe there's a little something going on that they're battling in in their own life and it would be easy for somebody to just jump on them and forget all about all the things that they've invested through the years and then that person starts to feel the soul being murdered because they don't remember how much I've done through the years. And the only thing they see is right now I've raised up my head and and made my voice say some stuff I shouldn't say. But sometimes we get we get judged unfairly and the soul is in anguish. And the soul starts arguing with itself and, and debate. You, you see, if you're, if you're the only one in the debate, you can win every debate. 
Christian said, that's not fair. I mean, after all I've done, after all I've cared, after all, after all that I've done for other people, why is it? And the soul starts to feel smothered. Sometimes it's that way. I've, uh, I want to say that I've, I've prayed and asked God to help me not make mistakes, but I've made mistakes. There are times that what I've done has been the thing that chopped into somebody's soul. I want y'all to know my, I, I put something on the sign years ago. The tongue is in a wet place. It's easy for it to slip. And sometimes we can slip, say the wrong thing the wrong way at the wrong time. There are times that I've learned long past the event that something I said or the way I said it. I've, I've been struggling with something for a number of years. Who's dear friend, somebody I love but who feels that I said something that I didn't like them. And I have I've, I've wrestled for years trying to think, and I don't know what it is, but somehow I did something and I, and I hurt somebody's soul. And somebody left the church and, and uh, you know, we don't want to do that. But you see, the so, there are a lot of winds that can blow to kill our soul. Um, you, you, you know, you, it's easy for us talking to ourselves, saying, I don't know why I'm having to pay this price. I wasn't the one, you know, that's unfair. It's unjust. I'm, I, I shouldn't be the one having to pay this price. You see, David was chased by his own father-in-law. He's trying to kill him. Not just once, but repeatedly. And over a period of years, his own father-in-law is trying to kill him. And, and yet David has opportunities that he could take vengeance. Hey, my father-in-law slept in this very cave where, where I'm hiding out. Folk, my, my followers are telling me, won't you kill him right now? And he said, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to do this. I'll cut the bottom of his, his uh, garment off. Later, he was so, he felt so bad. I shouldn't have ever done that to my king, my lord. I cut, I cut his, uh, the, the hem of his, his garment off. And it would, and, and some of these Psalms in our Bible are laments that David wrote while he's being chased unfairly. And that's part of some of the things he wrote about his soul. My, my soul, you know, I, I'm, I'm in anguish. It's unfair hate and unfair treatment. Uh, you, um, I, I watched a Christian lady, apostolic lady, who was married to somebody who was not apostolic, somebody that was a church goer, but didn't approve of or appreciate this kind of church doctrine didn't approve of this kind of worship. And I watched over a period of years the physical and verbal mental abuse until finally this sister just gave up. Just quit. Not going to fight it anymore. Just sort of disappeared off the scene. Because the soul that... It's that, it's that 
personality. It's that life. It's that essence of being alive got killed. And uh, um, there's a... I have a friend I've asked for years, tried to get this friend to come to church, but there's too much bitterness there against God because of a spouse that died too young, according you know, according to human evaluation. It's not fair, God. And so I've not been able to get this person to come to church because something died in the soul because of finding fault with the decision that God made. The uh, You see, sometimes tragedy, tragedy will kill that spirit in us. The uh, I, I, w- I was reading again when, uh, when Moses gave the instruction, gave the directions for building the tabernacle and, and gave the instructions for instituting worship, ceremonial worship and uh, uh, the sacrifices and things that were done. The very beginning of this, Aaron the high priest, uh, the Bible said his two sons offered strange fire unto the Lord and the Lord killed them. And Moses said to his brother Aaron, he said, don't cry. Don't rend your garments. Don't don't act up a bit. You stay right here. Stay right here in in this tabernacle and do your job. And so later, Moses comes by and he says, Aaron, you were supposed to eat part of that sacrifice. And why didn't you do it? You, that that was part of this regimen. You're supposed to eat. It. And Aaron said, if I had eaten it. Feeling the way I'm feeling right now, would God have even accepted it? Because, you know, this tragedy's hurt me. My soul, my soul is wounded. And you're telling me I, I can't even go outside. I can't mourn. I can't do anything. I got to act like everything is, is normal. But I'm hurting on the inside. Jesus, sometimes we think things are unfair. It rewards Reward, I'm going to say rewards involve both rewards and punishment because punishment is a reward for evil doing. We can we can have a good reward, a payment of something that's a benefit, or we can be rewarded punishment for failure. And sometimes we think the rewards are unfair. You remember what Jesus said? Farmer goes out to hire some help. Day is going. I need some more help. You hire some more. I still need some more. Hire. He finally comes to the very last. I hire some people that only get to work for an hour. And when he starts paying, everybody gets the same payment. And those that went on the first shift are saying, that ain't fair. We've been sweating all day long. We broke our back for you. And sometimes we can feel that imbalance. And and I want to really remind us that imbalance looks more unfair to us than it does to anybody else. In fact, we see it when most other people don't see it. And if it's possible, we'll let it we'll let it 
kill our soul. It was the psalmist Asaph that wrote this psalm. He said, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he said, I don't understand. I paid my tithes. I'm faithful. You know, I do, I do the right stuff. He could be like the Pharisees. I fast every week, you know, and he didn't make all of that conversation but he's he's admitting i didn't think it was fair i saw the wicked prospering and they're being blessed when i thought it was me that when i give the lord's going to restore fourfold you know i'm I'm just talking about the, the attitude not taking scripture out of its time and location but you know that that attitude is that we know that god is a rewarder and if he's a rewarder, why is it when I've done what I think is right, why didn't he reward me? And he didn't. And so I'm just going to say that whatever the source of the assault, the death of a soul is a sad tragedy. I'm just going to say in a natural sense, I've seen new brides that were um, excited, sparkling eyes, planning that new house, planning that, excited about what life's going to be finally out of my parents' house and all this stuff. But And I've watched in some cases when that light in their eye sort of flickered out until finally what you saw was just the dead return glare, glance of somebody that died in their spirit their soul got trampled their their soul got snuffed out somehow by abuse by mishandling by not appreciating by devaluing and i've i've watched that happen and i've watched saints lose that luster in their life because of something and and a lot of time you never know I'm, I'm just going to say some of the saddest things that happened to me as a pastor is when I don't know the reason when I when I'm watching somebody die and I hadn't figured out why it's it's as sad as a funeral I follow some folk to the back door and watch them get in their cars wondering if that's the last time I'll see them sometime because something in their soul is dying. And, um, you know, sometime, sometime it was just their fault. Sometime it was one of our fault. Not intentionally maybe, but sometime their soul was dying. And I've watched them withdraw and finally they're gone out of sight and and uh because somewhere along the way their soul died. I'm preaching this today for the sake of somebody that's been there and felt that. I was talking to a preacher some time ago and he said, Almost everybody in my church is somebody that's been hurt. And he said, I've been trying to heal them, bring them back. 
I'm preaching that. I'm preaching for somebody that's felt, somebody like Hannah or Job or David. Your souls cried out. They felt nobody was listening. It was one of those down times like that that David wrote this. He said, save me, O God, for the waters are coming in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I'm coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. I'm just, I'm preaching to somebody like that that's felt like that. You've been sinking in mire. Your soul is about smothered to death. You hardly have a heartbeat left in, in your spirit. And I don't know if I'm preaching to you in here or if I'm preaching to somebody through the lens of this camera, but I'm going to tell you whatever it is that the Lord understands about this. You see, David that knew those tears and he said, I feel like I'm sinking in deep mire. He also knew something else. He knew the shepherd. And that's why he could write this. And the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Hey, why is that? Hey, It's been rough out there in the wilderness among the rocks and the thorns. It might have even been the one that fell over into the thorn and the shepherd had to leave 99 and come hunting for just the one. But now he, I'm in green pastures and I'm by still waters and he restores my soul. He, he's going to pump life back into me. I felt like nobody cared. Nobody knew. Nobody, I didn't matter to anybody, but he said he's restored my soul he's going to lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake even if i walk through the valley of the shadow of death you see my soul was dying i it was barely breathing i only had one or two heartbeats left i was almost there but he's with me and his rod and his staff come to me. those those two elements the rod was for defense i'm going to beat off your enemies i'll the staff was for rescue. The hook on it. I can reach further and I can find you and I can bring you his rod and his staff that comfort me. Thou prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I've, I've said this for years. For years and years I've had this picture. Somebody on the battlefield. Battle is raging. Swords are striking swords. There's the the dust of, of, of stomping feet in the battle and running their sc- there's screams of, of, of the battle cry. There's the, the wounded cry, the hurt and the dying. There's blood, and the smell of blood and the stench of death. And in all the middle of this, it's like the Lord says, okay, here, I'm going to put you a glass wall around you. Here, you come out of the battle. Come in here. I prepared a banquet table for you. I know you're tired. Here, here's, here's a cool drink for you. And you're worn out, you're weary, your energy is about used up. Sit down, I've prepared for that. Steaming platters of food. You can look through the glass walls around you and see the battle still raging out there. Folks are sweating and dying and crying. But he says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. That's a, that's a shepherd's reference. because bugs would get down in the ears of the sheep they couldn't get to them it would drive them crazy the shepherd would come and pour something in there to kill the bugs he anoints my head with oil my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life 
I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord for why? Because he he brought me here to restore my soul. This is not really exciting to you, I know, but I'm, I'm I got to minister to somebody in here today while I'm here. That's why David could write this, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. He could say this, I lift up my eyes to the hills from which my help comes. My help comes from the Lord that made heaven and earth. You see, there's, uh, there, there's a, a change in his song. I'm, I'm going to point this out to you. Psalm 121, he starts out that way. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. But then he changes it. It was my help, and that's going to be yours. So the rest of this is yours. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I'm going to say he restores my soul. He restores your soul. A lady came to me in a meeting. Brother Gabe, if you don't mind, just sort of get close by here. Not preaching a long time this morning. Came to a meeting. I'd never met her before. She didn't know me, but she knew I was a preacher. And she came to me and she said, I've never done this. But if you have a word for me from the Lord, I'd receive it. And she said, I am an empty shell. And and God gave me a brief word. And I said, uh, God's going to take you to the secret place and he's going to restore you. Not, it's not a big prophecy, you know. It's just a simple little statement. That was several years ago. I didn't know the horrible details of what was going on. I, uh, miserable story. I didn't know any of that. That was several years ago. Today she's radiant. I'm going to tell you about the secret place. The secret place is not an address. It's not a location. The secret place, it's called the Sanctum Sanctorium. It's a place where nobody goes but you and God. It's a place where when you step in there, nobody else is there. The doors close behind you. Nobody can hear what you're saying to Him or what He's saying to you. The sounds of the world are blanked out nobody but just him and you the secret place where he restores your soul my mother used to sing a song she'd say shut in with God in a secret place there in the spirit beholding his face giving me power to run in this race, I long to be shut in with God. Why don't you stand with me? I want to tell somebody today, the Lord wants to be the restorer of your soul. Sometime, 
I learn of things that have gone on for years and people have hurt for years and they've, they've been wounded. Their soul, their soul was crucified somewhere. And I'm, I'm praying a prayer, a constant prayer, God, let me be a redemptive pastor. Let me be a healer. If I cause it, let me fix whatever I cause. If, if, if the cause is somewhere, it, don't let it matter. Let me, let me help somebody get in the green pastures and by the still water so you can restore their soul. I want to pray for you, and I, I appreciate, I appreciate the, the fact that we're, you know, we're trying to do social distancing. We might not have done it too good. Uh, before became a law. I know it's a law now. We can't violate the law. When I leave here, I'm planning to put my mask back on uh, because I want to be obedient to the law. I know we want, we're going to try to be healthy. I, I, don't, I don't want to violate somebody else's health. But here's what I want to do. If You can pray wherever you want to, but if, you know, this... This is one of our secret places right up here. You want to come find a place and just stand, you and God by yourselves and nobody else. Talk to him. You might say, well, my soul's not dead. I'm doing okay. That's good. That's, that's wonderful. The secret place is not just for people with dead souls. The secret place is for people that just like to talk to him. I open in these altars. Feel free to find yourself a place to pray. If you're the specific one today that I needed to reach out to, I'm going to be praying for you because I want God to let you leave with a heartbeat in your soul. and I want you to leave feeling like you matter, feel like God cares. And I, want you to, I want you to leave feeling like he, he brought me to a place of healing. I was wounded in my spirit. You don't have to tell anybody. It, it doesn't matter if it was a friend or relative family member, whatever. But if you came and you were wounded, I believe the Lord wants to restore somebody's soul today. Jesus, in your name, I pray for this church family, every one of us. You see, when we go out and when we come in, you've known the thoughts. You, you, you've read our mind. you read our emotions. You, you know where our soul is. I, I want to pray for somebody that's, that's felt wounded and depressed and maybe wounded in their natural spirit, maybe wounded in their walk with you. I want you to restore somebody today. Put your hand on them. Feel your presence. There was such a spirit of ministry in this house all during the morning. We felt you feel this place with your glory. You've walked among us, oh God. You've let us know you care. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I join in with somebody's prayer right now, Lord. And while, they, while they 